0: It's not like it's a demanding job over there. I'd like to get paid to sit on my ass and watch TV. I walked in there the other day, that son of a bitch was sleeping.
1: I'm sure he wasn't sleeping.
0: Are you calling me a liar? Are you calling me a liar? No, he's probably just resting his eyes. What the hell is that, resting his eyes? What, like he's some air traffic controller? Actually, that's his night job. wise ass too, huh? God, keep cracking wise. That's why you're jockeying or registering some fucking local convenience store instead of working on a steady job. Welcome to Generation Loss. I'm Bryn and this is Jeremy and this is the show about movies.
2: Yep. That's right. That's the one. <laughs> That's
0: the only thing we say.
2: That's the show. <laughs> and uh by the time this has come out
0: Yes. I know like it's it's Go it's probably
2: on. bad practice in general, uh to to like Specifically, reference when we record versus when we release things.
0: (laughs) I have never shied away from it.
2: But by the time this comes out, Bernie Sanders has already been robbed of the win in Nevada. Oh, you think he's not going to (laughs) win? No, I think he's going to. Oh, he's going to win. uh, uh, I think Pete Buttigieg will have um,
0: tried to steal it.
2: Yeah, or something. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like having trouble. Take uh, a
0: nibble out of that.
2: Well, you know, because like at this point, it's like the um, like the optimism has really like overcome my body. To a level where like I can't even get myself to come up with like what can't fucked up thing to Pete's cum? gonna do this time. <laughs> oh yeah, I just can't think of it anymore. I'm just like he's gonna I don't know whatever kick him. <laughs> What's he gonna do? <laughs> it's fucking over for him.
0: He'll uh, have a beard and that'll be some kind of psyop. Yeah, what was that about?
2: <laughs> this will this will date this episode. Uh, yeah. It's trending on Twitter today that Pete beard
0: somebody. Somebody did the thing that I've been trying to do to Bernie Sanders, mm. which is make Bernie grow a beard trend. Right, but to to Buckeye, so it was trending on Twitter that. But he some, didn't actually grow. A no, beard. someone photoshopped Pete with a beard. It um,
2: sucks. Twitter sucks.
0: <laughs> and everyone was like, "Gay people are having a normal one because of fucking Pete's." Be photoshopped beard
2: he's fake beard that somebody just made up that's right it's like the other day when you you texted me about why was birth of a nation <laughs> top of twitter and i just pulled fully out of my ass just was <laughs> like yeah it's probably somebody saying like yeah i bet trump's favorite movie is birth of a nation and then that's, that's exactly what it, was. what it
0: was it's like it is the internet is such a bad place. It you can just like make so up much. the worst thing you can think of, and that's the
2: truth. Genuinely cannot wait for Bernie Sanders to win the presidency, so I never have to post again.
0: <laughs> I can't wait for him to win the presidency, so he bans Twitter or nationalizes Twitter.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it is has to do with I've never been a wonk, mm-hmm. so I don't like know anything about like the fucking house of cards style bullshit that you can pull. Yeah. like I don't really care. I don't know, <laughs> right. and I don't want to know because it's none of I. I don't. I'm not trying to run for president, or I'm not trying to like be a congressperson because I think it's all very stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean, I think that yeah, I I just have never been the kind of person like we have friends who would might be like, well, in 1986, Dukakis did this move, and mm. like you know, I was like shut up (laughs) I don't care like the fact is is if whatever they're trying to do to you know shank Bernie out of the presidency then I'll just be mad anyway I don't care what the moves are you know what I mean yeah just be mad and protest yeah there's no
2: point to trying to to predict it yeah Because in the end, it's going to be the same outcome anyway, which is either Bernie Sanders or We Riot. Exactly. Correct. (laughs) So whatever they do, just stop stressing about it. Yeah.
0: Just sharpen your spears.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And hey, you at home, it's Monday. So uh, sit back, crack a cold one, don't do your job and celebrate that Bernie Sanders is uh, one step closer to
0: the edge and he's about to break
2: and he's about to break (laughs) and he's about to bust. (laughs)
0: Yes, love to be one step closer to the edge and about the butt.
2: <laughs> anyway, what did you watch this
0: week? This week I watched a little show uh, called High Maintenance. Yeah, which came back for it came back last week, but I watched the first and second episodes uh, this week, mm-hmm. um, and they were very lovely. So I don't know, have you seen High Maintenance? I mm-hmm. think we've talked about this. Maybe, I've seen a maybe lot privately. of
2: privately. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the new season. <laughs> Um, it holds a very particular place in my life as a failed comedian. Oh. Uh, because it's the place where I regularly see people who have passed me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I see them all the time. Yeah.
2: You just see them in an, in an episode and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that guy? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funnier than that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, as not a comedian, I know them from watching them on stage sometimes. Because yeah. <laughs> I support local comedy, folks. That's my role. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> audience member. Um, no. But this show is sort of a weird balancing act between incredibly coying, like, hipster bullshit about New York mm-hmm. and just being incredibly well-written and well-acted and well-made Yeah, stories about real people. And I feel like there's a certain sort of cynic who, like, any sort of story about a real person is, like, cloying. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I've heard criticisms of shows like High Maintenance. Mm -hmm.
2: High Maintenance particularly leaves a weird taste in my mouth. Okay. Just politically speaking, just because of the fact that it is a show about New York and weed, and, I mean, it's, it's exceptionally white for the most part.
0: In terms of the writers and directors, I mean, like the, the creators of the show is a white couple, Mm -hmm. but I feel like at
2: least- The stories themselves, I feel like don't tend to like touch on race very much. And if they do, it's, I mean, obviously it's told from this guy's perspective. So a lot of the time it's, it's his perspective on these things. And like to be a show about weed that when it does touch on race is almost never touching on the way in which people interact with police- kind sure. of feels weird to me, yeah. it's I, a show about weed made by white people where like the only time they ever touch on race is in these kind of cloyingly sweet ways where it's like I remember there's the one about like the uh it's like an Indian girl who's like rebelling against her parents by like smoking weed and hanging out with boys and like that's her connection to yeah weed or something yeah like yeah that.
0: I also recall the one well, that one episode about the construction worker who's he speaks Spanish and he like goes to a bodega every oh, and he's day gay guy, yeah. and he's gay um. Yeah, and like that sort of, it it has this flat, I think there is a place to criticize the show in that it has this sort of flattening effect where it's like, New York is a multicultural, diverse place, mm-hmm. and all of these people have similar stories. Yeah. In that it's like, well, we can't do just a guy who's a construction worker, like, who's a poor guy. He also has to be gay, and we mm-hmm. have to be like, it's almost like. Especially that episode, it's almost like, you didn't think you'd be gay, because you're racist. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? And the doctor was a woman.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that is a criticism of it, but yeah. the show hits so well so That's much the thing, of the yeah, time. it's like,
2: I, I find myself making that criticism and then instantly being like, but I don't really care. It's a really good show. <laughs> yeah. They, they do a really good job they, on it.
0: I mean... They do a fantastic job, and honestly, I think it's a weird line because it's like if you're in that position, it's like, do you write half of your season about black kids in Bed Stuy and East New York, like mm-hmm. dealing with incredibly painful shit?
2: It's like, or is that you, Is
0: that your story to tell? I That's mean, it is is you might can be do the it once.
2: I feel like right. It, it, probably should have been done once yeah i I think think that's half the season but once
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's fair but maybe that would feel i think they're put in a weird position yeah i think maybe that would feel like oh we're just doing this as a token or whatever but
2: i think they did have police involved once and that's kind of part of it too is that it exists in this like alternate new york where like weed isn't illegal (laughs) <laughs> like he has to be oh, sneaky yeah. about it, but that's it. Right. Like, otherwise there's really no consequences to like weed, like being around.
0: Has anyone shit. ever been arrested? Now that I think about he, it.
2: I feel like he like had an interaction with the cops once. And there was a thing where he had that case. He had like the big plastic case that he used. And it was like they couldn't open it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And then he got robbed once. That's what I was thinking of. Is he got robbed. Yeah.
0: But he doesn't call the cops. I think.
2: No, he doesn't call the cops. Cause he's like, fuck cause that. Cause he's a weed dealer. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, it is a weird show politically, but I think it it definitely has a sort of like hand-wringingly liberal kind of sense of things. Uh-huh.
2: You know what it reminds me a lot of is um uh Broad City.
0: Which I haven't really seen.
2: It's the first two seasons of Broad City I think were very good, and then it kind of like overstayed its welcome and like I think of those things in like Hamilton and kind of the same place where these kind <laughs> they're these kind of like um like last pieces of the Obama age that just kind of like okay. hung out a little bit longer and I feel like High Maintenance has been able to hang out longer than the others because it's just so exceptionally good all the time.
0: Right. That's the thing. The second season in which uh, it focuses on very much on the guy the the weed dealer and his relationship with his gay ex-wife and like him breaking his arm and like smoking yeah. out of the weed pen in the hospital like really focusing on his life and making it a story about like this guy and in particular um is their best season so mm-hmm. far in my opinion it's really good and you know I think there's a, I think there is, you can have too much cynicism where it's like, who cares about this white guy's problems in right. New York or whatever. It's like, it's a good story. Like it's totally. the emotions are well done. The acting is really well. The writing is really good. But like, so, I mean, aside from the political criticisms, I think that you can lob at it every time they don't like have one of those issues. Uh, it's one of the best shows On TV right now, I think.
2: Yeah, I think even when it does have those problems, it's still an exceptional show. And I don't think that the problem of it isn't like some sort of like white male problem sort (laughs) of thing. The problem of it is that it just it feels like it plugs its ears. Yes. Like it feels like it's a show that doesn't want to confront reality.
0: Yes. (laughs) And that's
2: kind of how I feel about it at times is that. It lives in a fantasy world because it wants to and because it doesn't have to not live in a fantasy world. But
0: the one thing I'll say about that is that I kind of like it for that reason in that, Mm -hmm. like, lots of people who live here and have lived here for only, you know, some amount of years do live in a a different world than I think the, you know, people who the poorer people who've lived here their whole lives. They don't live in the same New York. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think this mo- show takes place in a New York that those people live in, and it is the most realistic per- portrayal of that, mm-hmm. and it and a really good and and insightful and thought provoking version of that. But it just like ignores <laughs> ignores all other classes. Right. Like there's very very rarely like Wall Street billionaires, and there's very very rarely poor people mm-hmm. who are actually poor and yeah. like it actually impacts their lives in any real way. It's sort of very surface. Like the, the, the one, um, the episode with the, uh, guy who is a Hasidic guy who oh yeah, runs who away. House of
2: yes. And goes to the, yeah, the yeah. drag party and stuff.
0: Right. Like, okay. It's funny. Cause it's criticizing this sort of like exposure porn. I don't know how to, how to really describe mm-hmm. it, but like he meets a writer like, he meets this girl, and she's really a writer and wants yeah. to, like, write about she's the like secret world. She's a vice world. writer yeah, exactly. wants to do a
2: thing about, like, Hasidic guys who, you know, aren't really that Hasidic.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are trying to escape. Um. So, it's sort of this weird, like, view from nowhere of, like, this thing that does happen. Yeah. But it's not really calling her out, and it's not really calling, his, you know, the Hasidic people a cult. Or it's not trying mm-hmm. to make any real statement. It's sort of just, like, showing you this thing.
2: Yeah, I guess that's kind of what it is, is that it doesn't ever feel like the show is making a statement, except right. weed is cool, a lot of different types of people smoke weed, yeah. and, like, isn't New York cool, mm-hmm. and a lot of different types of people and, live in New
0: York. And life is weird and sad and scary sometimes, and so yeah. it's like this very sort of precious kind of yeah. statement it's sometimes. In a lot
2: of ways, if you think about it, New York is weed. <laughs> It's kind of what the show is saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. New York is weed. Anyway, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched
2: Hip Hop Evolution.
0: Hip Hop Evolution, another non quote unquote film.
2: (laughs) I thought you were going to say another show about how nothing bad happens in New York.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you'll get there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, no, definitely, like, it's been bad already, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so I watched it on your recommendation, we talked about it in another episode. One of
0: the first episodes, I think.
2: I think so, yeah. Uh, really fucking great show, really enjoying it so far. I'm, like, two episodes in, we're, like, in the 70s, it's so funny, like... All these little mo- like uh the thing that I keep thinking of is um how they're like, Yeah, the, the New York City blackout was like really crucial to hip hop because we were all able to steal the gear yes, we needed.
0: Incredible. That's like the one of the most interesting things yeah. about the show It's like this thing happened, this like, infrastructural political thing. It mm-hmm. was just like all of the lights that went out in New York and then poor people just fucking stole shit. Yeah. And they were like Let's make a whole nother genre.
2: <laughs> yeah, well it's like well it's like starting to happen at that point, but it's all these people who have this like this like genuine limitation to their ability to do the thing they want to do. Right. And then just this window opens for this brief time and it's just so cool how everybody used it the same way, right? Where yeah. Theoretically, the logical thing to do would have been to go for stuff that has like resale value. That's like Right. You know, okay. So when I was in college, well,
0: like the capitalist logic of like value, of, like, sure. And, and how of better... general sure, survival
2: yeah. and like you want to like you want to make the most of the small window that you have. So okay. So what I was going to say is uh, when Grand Theft Auto Four, I think it was, okay. came out, San Andreas. No, not San Andreas. The the one that was in New York. Mm. It's like, the I've first one on the, the Xbox game. 360, <laughs> probably three. Um, when that was coming out. My friends and I were all obsessed with it and we were like holy shit that's gonna come out uh, and it's like this really realistic New York and the police in it are really realistic NYPD which means that we can play a video game where we can really realistically
0: hell yes oh yeah it's Liberty City Um, based on New York City Yeah, so
2: So we were like really stoked on it but we didn't have any money and we're like how are we (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we're like, how are we going to get this game where we can realistically okay. kill? Um, There's gonna be a lot of beeping here, but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you edit it,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, but so we were trying to figure out how are we gonna how are we gonna afford this game? We can't afford it, All right? So we we worked out this uh this plan where we were gonna go to Toys R Us once a week and we were gonna steal thomas the tank engine toys <laughs> because the thomas's had the highest price for smallest size no so you could fit a lot of them in your jacket and leave with them and then come back and return them for store credit oh and so we were doing this once a week where we would steal a bunch of thomas's leave come back the next day return them for store credit and we did that over and over and over again until we could buy an xbox 360 that worked and gta4 yes uh-huh what the fuck yeah they weren't like no because why do you have for... so
0: many thomas's was it different people or just you? yeah and
2: like people don't give a shit why would they <laughs> it's none of their fucking business why i have so many thomas's
0: that's so insane
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you can always return stuff for store credit <laughs> right you just can't return it for cash right without a receipt okay um and even with a receipt i think they'll only put it back on a card I don't think they'll give you cash maybe they will
0: well, know. Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, so it doesn't matter.
2: Doesn't matter. And uh yeah, oh, perfect. So I probably it's not even a problem that I'm admitting to a crime on my show.
0: <laughs> it's not a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the statue of limitations are up anyway.
2: That would have been two, 2007. <laughs> That's over yeah, 10 years. Ten, yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Yeah. Fucking
2: sue me, Jeffrey, whatever.
0: <laughs> the, the giraffe who I think owns the store. <laughs> yes,
2: that's... CEO of Toys R Us, Jeffrey the giraffe. <laughs> fucking sue me. Anyway, the point is- I've seen is... you
0: walking around in your suit, you <laughs> fucking pig.
2: <laughs> anyway, the point is, though, that, um, that that's what it reminded me a lot of, is like having a thing that you really want to do, and there's a limitation- and you have a window of opportunity and, and what made me think of it was the idea of like if there's an opportunity to loot, if there's a blackout. Yeah. The smart thing to do would have been to steal a bunch of a small thing that's resellable. Right. So you can like, like have money in your pocket. Your something. Yeah, jewelry, something like that. Uh but what's cool is that these people all were like, No, I wanna make music. I'm I wanna have steal a party. The music stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it fucking rules. That's such a great mindset to have in life. And yeah. that's why the music of that time became so vital and so cool. And then the other thing that I was really tripping on all day is because I just watched this last night and okay. i been thinking about it all day. How many of like these early hip hop groups were all just like a number thing? They're all really like, keen on how many dudes are in the band. <laughs> Every oh, yeah. one of them is just like, we're the fantastic four. <laughs> we're the troublesome two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We're, we're the Grandmaster Flashin Five or whatever. Yeah,
2: everybody. It's the number is key.
0: Yeah. You gotta have the right number of people in your gang. It's so funny. Um and yeah, that's that era of hip-hop is so um. Like, you know, I grew up in the early, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. So it was like, I don't really know much about that. Like, I knew there was, like, lame, like, Will Smith-style, like, you know, yeah, like my earliest- name is this and I'm here to say, you know, like, kind of bullshit. And <laughs> right. I, like, never cared because it was like we had Tupac, and we, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, going back and watching this sort of history of it was really weird because they dress like fucking like hair metal people yeah you know like <laughs> they have, like all these sequins and shit yeah African like,
2: Bombadas wearing like studded uh like bracelets and shit yeah
0: and like big like s- sequins dashikis and pharaoh mm-hmm. helmet you know,
2: like they were really
0: out there um and then it just got more and more less like that i guess right. maybe with the la people but all of those people were really fresh like big daddy kane was like Big Daddy Kane and Run DMC, like they all had like outfits, Yeah, you know, like they had huge chains and they were wearing like (laughs) Adidas superstars and it's incredible. It's It's incredible to watch. One of my favorite things about the show is that um, he does this thing where he's like sort of slyly introduces who he's next going to talk about and then there's like an animation of like the Uh person and it shows their name and like, you know, graffiti writing or whatever. Right, right. Um and sometimes it's like, oh, obviously it's Big Daddy Kane, or obviously it's, you know, um, somebody you know. Yeah. And then sometimes it's no one. Like, yeah. you're like, who is that? Who is that guy? And, like, they, he explains to you, like, why is it so important and, like, how it leads to the next thing. Um, and I always, I thought it was really impressive how how rigorous he is. Like, yeah. he's not here to just, like, fluff up the big people who you already know about and sort of like give you a gloss over it's like he's (laughs) really drilling down into like people who didn't even get recognition right um people don't people don't don't even talk about anymore but he's like this person deeply influenced how the rest of the history goes and we have to spend time talking about them
2: there's like a quarter of the first episode is devoted to the guy who dj'd the first party that people say is like the first You know, like the first existence of hip hop as a concept happened at this party of the guy like repeating the break on the record and Mm -hmm. whatever. And it's just some dude you've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) He's just he's just a neighborhood dude now. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And uh, but he gets his he gets his time. And they And that's why this it's four seasons in and they're barely into the bling era. Yeah. Like (laughs) I think. Yeah. I think they're basically at like Puff Daddy right and it's four seasons it's really cool i think it's a great oh, I, I also think he's love doing a that great job. the
2: theme song is dead prez yeah yeah it's great that's fantastic so, so good love to see them getting paid <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Those get boys, paid need, by
2: netflix dead prez they need to make another album
0: i would like they that
2: do Hashtag they, made dead two, prez album. <laughs> they made two albums uh they've made like two albums since and they both sucked
0: Oh. Okay, I didn't actually know that. Uh, <laughs> well, or
2: then actually, I guess there's only one that's officially them and there's one that's like Dead Prez, Prez
0: do better. Yeah, yeah Dead Prez do
2: better, <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Um all right, Clerks. Clerks. Okay. I think
0: it's good that we're starting a little early cuz we might have too much to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> um so, Clerks. Talking about Clerks this week. Clerks yeah. is a movie directed by Kevin Smith, obviously, um released in 1994. Um, starring absolutely fucking nobody. Nobody at all. Um, <laughs> as a few bodega store workers, and, uh, they fucking talk about shit. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, what happens. A lot of the, the, the movie started. is
2: extremely loose. Basically, it's like it follows the day of the character Dante, who comes into work on his day off. He covers somebody's shift or whatever, comes in, and, uh, has a shitty day at work. It fucking sucks. He there's some hijinks, and then the day ends.
0: Yeah, for the most of the movie, <laughs> uh, very normal sort of hijinks. Uh, sort of normal. I mean, like this movie has. It's really hard to like synopsize this movie. It's basically Dante is having issues with his girlfriend. He finds out that there's a girl who kind of wants to be with him again. His yeah, ex. So, like, his his ex girlfriend from high school. His, bitch of an ex-girlfriend yeah um and he's with a girl who's really nice to him now but he's like well i don't know he's just always sort of he's sort of the quintessential shitter get off the pot type of character who doesn't know what he's doing with his life he doesn't know what to do um so he just doesn't do anything yeah um and so this he's supposed to meet this girl but his girlfriend they get an argument his current girlfriend and then um he just sort of shoots the shit with his coworker and uh then his a lot of hijinks happen and then his ex-girlfriend fucks a guy a dead guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the ex-girlfriend <laughs> uh is coming into town, she they're going to go on a date and then she thinks he's in the bathroom and she uh, fucks it we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it. The point is the the main Bird's eye view plot of the movie is Dante is a worker. He goes to work, and that's really it. That's the. <laughs> that's main really it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's a guy who goes to work one day. Yeah, and then he goes home. Yep. Oh, he's also not supposed to be there. Yeah. Um. So this movie is sort of a. It's like a big cumulative, like reference machine. Like some right. of it's the most entertaining and fun parts of the movie, are like references on itself Mm -hmm. um little inside jokes like when i say he's not supposed to be there today i mean at the beginning of the film he um he's asleep in his closet like hung over yeah and his boss calls him and says no i'm not supposed to be there today and they're like well you have to come in anyway he's like fuck fine so he gets up and he goes and so the rest of the movie, he says, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Everything yeah, Something bad. Something bad. It's a refrain happens. that keeps coming back. Is right. I'm
2: not even supposed to be here today.
0: Um, and that's the joke continues to build on itself as the things get worse. Right. Um, And that's kind of, I think, the the way the movie is, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it just has kind of its own little logic of jokes that are sort of based off of self-referential humor.
2: and Which would eventually spiral out into a whole, like... I mean, I wouldn't say media empire, but, like, <laughs> not far from it, at least at the <laughs> scale that, like, a person like Kevin Smith can accomplish on his own. Yes. Uh,
0: I mean, it's, there's a, you know, it's literally a universe, a, a filmic universe. Like, Yeah. It's the first one I can really remember that, like, really made any sense.
2: Yeah, at least within, like, comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like National Lampoon and Kevin Smith, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, when did you first see this movie?
2: It's hard to say. I grew up with it. I definitely saw it at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was always a huge fan. I've seen it probably a few dozen times. Yeah. Um, It was was genuinely a favorite growing up. All of that early canon of Kevin Smith, I just adored uh, as a kid. And then I feel like there was a time where people our age started to grow up And started to get into, um, I feel like there was like a time where like people started having this like reaction against like a certain type of dude that Kevin Smith extremely is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it kind of a, had this. It had this feeling of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, where like criticizing that type of person meant you couldn't like anything they did anymore. Sure. And then everybody suddenly was like, "Actually, I don't like Kevin Smith movies. They right. suck." But you would watch them and be like, "These are still funny. I yeah. still think these are funny." Here is what I think. What's happened. wrong with me? I think
0: that Kevin Smith was a teenager was basically like a teenager when he made this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was he twenty. Was like, on, maybe twenty
2: one or something like, like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But he was a really young kid, and he made a movie. And then it got really popular, and then he kind of... Because his his movie and, like, all of the s- movies that came after this were sort of built around him growing up, they never really aged, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of all, is always stuck in, like, this sort of mindset of, like, the 90s and being mm-hmm. a kid in the 90s. Because that's the setting of the universe. Right. And so... As people aged, there kind of became these two... The kinds of people who liked this movie and liked his movies either became epic Spider-Man people, right. Star Wars nerds, because yeah, it's all Star Wars nerds and, and you know, comic yeah, book Star nerds.
2: Wars, yeah, Star Wars and Marvel and whatever, yeah.
0: Right. And they continued to be that into their adulthood, which now is just like simping for Disney Empire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they became like you know cynical regular n- normal old people yeah and and those people are like that's so lame that's like what i did when i was a kid right Do you know what i mean and it's like i feel like the real perspective to have on kevin smith is that it's very much of a time and very much criticizing or critical of a type of mindset and and but also embracing and loving the time that they had. So I think it's very genuine. And I feel like everyone who liked this kind of stuff that didn't become a weird superhero guy, like an Epic's Reddit bacon superhero guy, became incredibly cynical.
2: I'm very interested in this angle, which is... Uh, like, early Kevin Smith as a window into a time where it was countercultural to, like, Star Wars and superhero shit and whatever. For sure. And that in the 90s, like, because you're even talking about 1994 is before even, like, special edition Star Wars. Yeah. So you're talking about a time where, like, Star Wars hasn't been in a theater for over a decade, probably, right?
0: It was Um, a weird movie from almost 30 years before this movie. was.
2: No, 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 no. 1977. Uh, 77 is the first one. And then... So, I'm saying... 79 or something. 87. Okay.
0: So, almost 20 years before this movie was made. Yeah. So, it was a weird movie that is a 20-year-old movie that people are, like, kind of obsessed with. And it was, like, that. the early 90s were, like, kind of the beginning of comic bookstore guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that guy becoming a sort of cultural character where it was, like... And I think what's weird is that that kind of guy... Or girl that kind of person like was usually very actually very counterculture mm-hmm. you know like people who liked art you know liked comic books were not just like it wasn't just commercial like very rarely were people like I only like commercial Marvel or D- D- DC comics you know like they like weird shit they like mm-hmm. Spawn and like they- the original mask and bone and stuff Yeah.
2: well and even then like in the 90s like the like the top you know top build you know big ticket marvel stuff wasn't doing numbers you know
0: yeah definitely then no one was like you know especially in the 90s like the '90s was the worst time for comic books yeah like you go back and read all that shit it's really terrible <laughs> it was really
2: bad and um i mean is this even when there would have been like the x-men animated series batman the animated series and stuff? I feel like a, it was little, a little later little later in the 90s. yeah yeah, I mean, this is really kind of like a desert for this. So it is kind of, like, counterculture. And you can see it in the movie that, like, it has this crossover with, like, like music. Um, oh, yeah. Like, music culture and, like...
0: I think people forget that if you were going to find someone who was either a communist or a Nazi, they were going to be in this circle. Mm-hmm. Like, the very, very intense, like, political stuff was relegated to punk and comic books and like right. nerd people you know goths and that's yeah. how it worked like you didn't you didn't you weren't like a normal person who are just like oh i'm i've read noam chomsky like sure and that's all even, of those
2: kids were weird <laughs> that's even going into like our adolescences right. like up until i mean fuck if we're really gonna be serious about it up <laughs> until bernie sanders came around Well,
0: sure yeah i mean like yes. <laughs> it was really
2: like if you wanted to find leftist people you were gonna have to listen to punk Like it was just, that's just how it had to be. Or
0: like really underground corny hip hop. Yeah. Or yeah, that's basically it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's weird because now the kind of people who love Star Wars and want to have like arguments about the political aspects, because this movie features lots of political conversations about Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which I think is like kind of what people would call cringe nowadays. Um, but back then, it was like, well, what? What? Let's examine politically the things we like. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was sort of a new—not new, but like it was. Just, media theory wasn't like mainstream, right? Not everyone this on Twitter. The same year it was, as
2: Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yes, that's something that also kind of came about from Pulp Fiction, right? Right is like the idea of like talking about media at a different level within media, right? And then a couple of years later is Scream, which I think also does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Is like, what is happening in the mid-90s?
0: Um, you can't talk about politics. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the 90s is this weird, glassy-eyed, everything is the end of history. There's mm-hmm. this stagnant, like, nothing can change. But there's this impotent rage of all the Gen Xers right. of just, like, every like life has no purpose. We're not going anywhere. We're never gonna get a you know a two kids and a picket fence and a and a fam and a dog yeah you know what I mean why, like
2: like and why bother trying why would I even me? want doesn't that sound fun?
0: No yeah yeah and so there's this sort of just weird malaise over that whole like counterculture generation where it was like I guess all we can do is go into a dark room and scream.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, too, because it's, like, you always think of grunge as kind of being, like, this movement of that sort of malaise, and then, you know, Cobain dies, and it could have been this, like, if it was any other movement, basically, it could have been this galvanizing thing that, like, pushed people in a particular direction, or could have crushed it, or anything, but instead, because it was already about being a slacker, when he died, it's just, Mm -hmm. like, well, now there's really no reason to do anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, especially because you know, if you his journals came out and he was like a Marxist, yeah, and like had was beginning to understand all of these I, these things of being like, you know, I've gotten to a place where I have a ton of money and I'm still not happy, and like, you know, if I was a conspiracy theory person, I might say maybe he didn't kill himself. Mm. <laughs> you know, like having like the '90s, where I think, were really <laughs> a time where you. You were just not people were not interested in hearing that stuff. Right. Um But anyway, um, Clerks kind of is this weird thing where this kid made a movie that was deeply about this malaise but without the malaise. Like it's like the movie is about what do you do. You know? The movie is like what do we do? Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just sit here and complain about it. Like you can have fun, like Randall. So the main characters are Dante and Randall. Dante is the shitty boyfriend who wants to cheat on his current girlfriend with his ex, Mm -hmm. and whines about it the whole movie. And Randall is his coworker slash best friend, hetero life mate, who um, is a asshole who (laughs) talks shit at everybody and just is like kind of only in service. He's like the hedonist, right? Like he's sort of just like out to have fun and not really care about anything. And the sort of movie culminates in Randall sort of being like, fuck you, man. Like, look, you, you're fuck you with this. Not, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Bullshit. Like you are here because you said, okay, like you're going to come here and do your job because you aren't, you don't have the balls to stand up to anybody. Right. You know, you're thinking about cheating on your girlfriend. Like you get yourself in all of these situations. So it's like either shut up and do the things that you agreed to do or like be like me and like do something else. Yeah. Um, It's,
2: it's interesting because it's, you see these three very distinct examples of ambition when you're a like depressed go nowhere wage slave. Right. Which is uh, Veronica, mm-hmm. who is going to college, trying to improve her conditions, but most likely won't in any meaningful way. Right, and you know that from the get-go.
0: She's just a random Jersey girl who yeah. probably end up being like an accountant or a secretary, or something. if she's
2: lucky. Yeah, if she's lucky, she'll be an accountant. Most likely, she'll be like a secretary at an accountant's office because she's going to uh, community
0: college, I think.
2: She was at Seton Hall, and then she transfers somewhere shittier. I don't remember where.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, Um, to be closer to Dante. To be closer to Dante,
2: who is in the middle area where he's kind of like on the fence about whether it's even worth it to try to be ambitious and try to get out of his situation. And then you have Randall, who has completely resigned himself to his situation and has kind of turned it back on itself and said like if I'm going nowhere I might as well you know enjoy myself right I so okay so this is a little anecdote about when I first moved to Bushwick um, I used to Jeremy's from Long Island I'm from Long Island and I moved to Bushwick Brooklyn when I started college because I could I had to be closer to school Um, and I met this guy who lived on my block his name is MP and he had grown up there um, and he was telling me about the different areas of Bushwick, right? Mm-hmm. And he had these different nicknames for the different spots, right? Okay. And so What year is this? This was 2006. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a very different place than it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so MP is telling me about all the different areas of Bushwick, right? And he says, this part is, uh, we call this part uh, the Boneyard because it's all these abandoned factories and shit. Mm -hmm. And now that's all like, you know, Montrose and and Morgan and big restaurants and like beautiful art things and whatever. But at the time it was just like desolate, empty warehouses. Oh, I remember. And then (laughs) there's a part called the dark side and he called it the dark side because there's no streetlights over there Mm. and uh, they just never installed them. (laughs) And so there's no streetlights in that whole part of town. And that's where you go uh to to do crimes sure. and if you want to get like stabbed that's where you'd go uh <laughs> and then love he said getting stabbed he said our area which is kind of over by the dekalb stop he said we call this part gilligan's island mm-hmm. And why would you call it gilligan's island he says because we're all stuck in the hood you might as well just make a coconut radio <laughs> <laughs> which i always sure. thought was like such a fucking perfect metaphor for like just like having fun because you're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> like you're never going to get out of your situation. You might as well enjoy. It. And that's kind of what Randall's character is all about. Yeah. Right?
0: Which is just, it's, it's fatalism a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to die working at a VHS rental store or, you know, that's what you think when you're a kid, right? Cause it's like, they are kids Yeah, and it's like, but, but that's a, that is the most realistic assessment as a kid. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you're not gonna like fucking be the manager of this quick stop, you know. And even if and, you are,
2: and, who, that's not a major improvement in your <laughs> life, <laughs> right? So you're
0: gonna fucking do this until you until you either closes or you die, mm-hmm. and then you'll figure it out later. So why don't just like fuck with people until you get fired? Like, yeah, I think that's just as reasonable as anything else. And I think that, I think for my people my age, when I saw it, this was a very very relatable movie. But it's also funny. We haven't really gotten into the fact that it's it's a pretty funny comedy. Because, like, it sounds like we're talking about this movie as if it's, like, this sort of bleak, (laughs) like, uh, (laughs) fucking, uh, you know, Eastern European, like, potato eater movie. But it's not. It's it's fucking Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah,
2: in The Odd Event, you haven't seen it. It's an extremely funny movie. (laughs) Right.
0: This is a movie where they talk about, you know, porn and star wars and they talk about yeah. you know weird sex stuff and uh jay and silent bob are really funny and talk about metal and yeah fucking bitches and so this is like the beers
2: f- obviously this is the first appearance of them because this is kevin smith's first movie right and it's really interesting to look at in that way where you're like where did the idea for this come from because it's like it's so <laughs> unlike anything else where these characters have nothing to do with the story (laughs) jane Bob couldn't mean any less to the story (laughs) yeah like it feels like they're there to fill time but then you learn that they were in the first script like they're absolutely meant to be there yeah this is an intentional choice that's like almost like adding texture you know it's almost like adding a texture to the movie by just like cutting away to these guys who are just fucking around in the parking lot Having these like inane conversations <laughs> that are even dumber than the ones happening inside, which are you know pretty, pretty dumb, stupid. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we talked about, like they do have that conversation where, uh, um, they're talking about like the who are the people who built the second Death Star, right? Like, and they're having like a very skirting the line of like class consciousness conversation, which is like the Empire probably built the first one with Empire.
2: Right, and yeah. either way it was done when it happened So right, there wouldn't know, be nobody's a- working anymore right. It's all Empire guys.
0: But the second time, all those people died So this has got to be contractors, space contractors yeah, people These people have Lawrence families and stuff yeah. yeah, And then they have this weird conversation And a guy who is a contractor comes in Tells a story about his friend who did a job for the mob And died, and so is it Was it his fault or not? But most of the conversations are like, look at that guy He wants the perfect egg
2: yeah. <laughs> <And it's- laughs> Look at this idiot Looking at yeah. eggs
0: And that kind of <laughs> (laughs) stuff is really weird and surreal yeah and there's a ton of that stuff where it's like the milkmaids who are like always looking for a milk that uh, has the longest expiration date or whatever yeah like the movie means nothing but again
2: nothing more surreal and inane as what's happening in the parking lot which is like Jay and Silent Bob who are just these drug dealers who hang out outside the the quick stop one of whom doesn't ever talk that's Silent Bob Bob, and the other one and the director of the movie like, from the beginning, like, the first thing he says in the movie is, like, I'm going to go out and party tonight. I'm going to fuck everything that moves. (laughs) Moves. And then he, like, goes on to be like, yeah, Silent Bob, I'll suck your dick. I'll fucking (laughs) suck your dick. Ew, I fucking hate guys. (laughs) I love women. (laughs) And you're just like, what? (laughs) What
0: What is happening? What is
2: happening? Why is this here? (laughs) And he's got, like... My favorite, like, little throwaway line that he has that just—I don't know—because like all of it is like this sort of like macho, you know, chest puffy sort of stuff with him, where he's like talking about selling drugs and fucking women and whatever. Yeah, and then he's talking about like somebody who owes him money, and he's like, "I'm gonna rip off his head and take out his soul," and you're just like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) "Where is this coming from?"
2: (laughs) Like that's something somebody wrote. That's something that Kevin Smith wrote and was like, "Maybe," but like i mean but also was it improvised yeah yeah that's a good question they kind of let
0: jay just do his thing because like kevin smith wrote him into the movie okay i know this from watching a bunch of evening with mm. kevin Smiths because i'm a huge fucking idiot but like <laughs> um like he's he's he said that he, they were best friends you know they were pretty good friends and he would just do this dumb shit all the time yeah and he was a weirdo um I guess they weren't even best friends. Like, he knew him ancillarily, but, like, hung out with him a lot. Right. He was friends with Scott and Dante, like, you know um and so he wrote the movie being like i hope jay will do this (laughs) and like jay was like no i don't talk like this and then he was like yes you do you do it all the time he's like well just do you like just do what you do and then like i think a lot of this stuff was kind of improvised because like jay is one of the best actors in the movie because it doesn't sound like he's reading the script
2: right yeah um because because he's probably not yeah he's probably just like fried on drugs and just going nuts (laughs) yeah yeah um what a what an exceptional performance.
0: That honestly I think that Jay really makes Jay really movie. makes the movie yeah. because because Dante and well Randall is great. He is terrible at acting, but mm-hmm. like there's something about him as a person that is so charming and likable. Right. That even though he's doing the absolute shittiest behavior and like he seems like a huge asshole, he seems such like a real person to me. Yeah. Where it's like, "Oh, I know this kid." He's like thinks he's kind of too cool, but like you can tell he's really maybe depressed or like has right. anxiety and just like is a com he's a comedy guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and but they're all just fucking reading the script because it's written like an essay, you know? Yeah. They're like these long soliloquies. It's like bad Aaron Sorkin. Um but Jay for some reason is just able to say all this stuff like it's coming off the tip of his tongue, maybe because it is. Maybe
2: because it is, yeah. There's also a lot of weird scenes with him where like he keeps being kind of like the transition between scenes. They'll cut to Jay and Bob. And as like the night goes on, they start cutting to scenes of him just dancing. He's not even (laughs) doing anything anymore. (laughs) He's just dancing.
0: It's like they were just rolling on black and white film. Like this stuff costs a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, And they're just like. I'd fuck around, just dance. Fuck around, I guess you dance. Let's
2: just, just get some get some footage.
0: But at the same time, like it's so effortless in places like that that I wonder if we're give, we're shortchanging him sometimes because it's like that is really funny. Like the scene where Jay is dancing, and then like at a weird moment in the drop of the song, Silent Bob starts dancing really right. expressively, and it's really funny because he hasn't really done anything like that the whole movie. Yeah, he
2: hasn't done anything at all.
0: Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, So I don't know if he wrote those bits as like, this will be a funny visual gag with Jay and Silent Bob, yeah, or if it was just something that they edited together.
2: I, Yeah, that's something we haven't talked about yet, which is like the cost of this movie and the way it was financed and the way it was made Mm -hmm. is so fucking cool. Yeah. Like when you think about it, it's really cool. Because like (laughs) essentially what it is, is that like Kevin Smith is just, he is the characters in the movie. He's Dante. He's working at that exact store. And he's going nowhere in his life and he wants to make some sort of a change, but he doesn't know how. Yeah. And he maxes out a bunch of credit cards to buy film, gets a bunch of his dipshit friends together to make a movie. Yeah. I think the only person in the movie who was a real actor at all was Veronica. Yeah. And she'd just been in like community theater.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a quote unquote a real actor. <laughs> yeah, that was their
2: like one person who they were like, "Let's go for it." Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're not terrible, and she's not great either. I mean, she's, she's fine, not very good but at all, she's yeah. not.
2: Yeah, but it's but like... yeah, he
0: he literally just got enough credit cards to get ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and he basically only spent it on film,
2: and he like sold a bunch of. Um... Uh, comic books and shit right but the point is that he like made this movie out of nothing with his friends just wrote a thing made it and this is in the 90s when like again you there's no like vine there's no making a little video and then putting it out there and then it goes viral like this is a thing that somebody cranked money into and destroyed his credit for
0: (laughs) yeah not only that though like there wasn't even the sort of like Indie to Sundance pipeline. Yeah, like you think about it now, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, you make a like you make an indie film. What do you do? Well, you shop it around. F- you go to A24. You go to Focus, or mm-hmm. like there's all these Sony Pictures Classic. Like every major has an indie, and there's tons of indie distributors and production companies. And you know you can get it on Netflix now. I mean, this we're even talking about now. You can get it on Netflix. You can get it on Vimeo. You can do all yeah. these things. But even before that. You could go to slam dance, you could go to Sundance, you could do all these sort of like indie things. this is before that, yeah, <laughs> like this had that had just started happening, like the idea that you know reservoir dogs could be made for a few million dollars and get to Sundance was already pretty astounding, mm-hmm. and that was years before this, so it was like the idea that he was like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend ten thousand yeah. dollars and make a movie and then hopefully make that back somehow. Yeah,
2: uh, it's insane. Money that in today' dollars, <laughs> would ruin you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just imagining nineteen ninety four
0: dollars. Yeah, and we're not talking about student loans. We're talking about credit card debt, yeah. like predatory <laughs> shit. So this is a huge risk taken by an idiot.
2: Yeah. Like he was. On a movie that it doesn't even seem like it was like his dream to make in particular. (laughs) No. He He just wanted to. This
0: is a comic book nerd. You know, he probably wanted to make an action movie or something like. But he was just like, well, I like movies. So I guess I'll do this.
2: Yeah. And then the story of like its pickup is really cool because it's like it gets to. Was it Sundance is where it started? I don't remember. Harvey
0: Weinstein. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> well, wine scene wine is instrumental. a big part of this yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big part of it but the story is that I guess at its first screening it was the cast was all there and then like two other people two people had stuck around to see because it, it was in some shitty like 1am slot or something okay. like that and so nobody was going to see it but these two people who did go to see it were like so fucking onto it that they were like immediately to all of their friends they were just like you gotta come the second day. Yeah, like you gotta. You see guys Clark's. missed out the one a.m. show. I know one a.m. is really late, and you guys didn't want to stick it out. Stick it out tonight; it's worth it. Yeah. And then the second night, it's like packed, and then from there, it's just like off to the races. Yeah, I think
0: then... they even added a screening. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if that's true, but I'm pretty sure I heard that in one of the evenings. Um, but yeah, it was just a fluke. Like <laughs> he, he was, it was insane that it even got to. I believe Sundance yeah. or Slam Dance. I can't remember. But it's it was insane that it even got there. And then the fact that it became a runaway hit was insane. And then it got theatrical release. Yeah. Absurd. But I think one of the things about this movie that I like is that in watching it in retrospect, it's so much better than Slacker. Yes. You know what I mean? So much better. Slacker is a movie that is so far up its own ass mm-hmm. about like, this is a movie about us as kids and youth and it's like we are fucking interesting artists yeah the
2: 90s fucking suck and we don't do anything
0: yeah we don't do anything but it has nothing to say yeah it doesn't really have any like real exploration of like the sort of bullshit on we of the 90s it's just so surface it's like just there and they're like meh it's it's more uninterested in itself than the movie is and this movie is like I think it's so good at expressing that because they're not... It's like Kevin Smith didn't even know he was doing that. Yeah. Like, he didn't know he was, like, making a movie about his generation or, like... Well, he was making a movie
2: about his life. Yeah. And his life was, like, quintessential of that 90s generational, like, like go nowhere but enjoy it anyway sort (laughs) of uh, vibe, I guess. It's a movie about being a worker, like you said.
0: Um, It's called Clerks. I think it's, it's like,
2: interesting to, and tell me if this is like ridiculous, <laughs> to kind of compare it to uh, to do the right thing. Okay. I think that it's kind of like a, I mean, we made a joke in the first episode of this podcast that um, falling down is like do the white thing, but <laughs> oh, this yeah. is kind of like a white do the right thing, isn't it? It's kind sure. of like. It's, a, it's po- a,
0: a poor kid's sort of.
2: It's it's a portrait story. It's a day in the life portrait of a guy and the eccentric people who live around his community. It's like centered very much around a community, and the community is as much a part of the story as anything else is. Yeah. It's and it it I mean the original cut of it even ends with this like really tragic insane. <laughs>
0: <ending>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should mention that that this movie. Uh, the original ending that I think they changed for the theatrical cut uh, was Dante just killing him or no, getting shot getting by shot, a robber, yeah. which is like weirdly, I, I get why he wrote it. Cause it's like probably something that's in the back of your mind as a guy who works a bodega in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like I could die at any moment. Like my life won't matter. And it's like, I think if the movie had done the legwork of sort of la- laying that groundwork of like, how worthless this character's life is to the owners of the store. Yeah, then maybe it wouldn't have felt so jarring. But apparently, it was so jarring and like,
2: yeah, weird. It sucks. That if you watch it; it sucks. Yeah, it's it on really, the it's on the sucks. special edition DVD. But I can't
0: <laughs> imagine, like what those people in the original screenings at Sundance must have felt like being, like, no, I don't think he even made it to Sundance. Oh, it didn't.
2: No, I think it Back was cut one. in editing. I think like somebody who was with him during editing was just like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck, can't no. do that,
0: dude. That's so, that sucks. <laughs> right. I mean, in the, and the interesting thing is, so they did shoot it, but it's not in the movie. Apparently uh, it's definitely not in the movie. You would see if you rented it from right. blockbuster in the nineties, which is how most people saw it. Um, but the the actual ending they have is kind of just as fatalistic um, where they just close up the shop and then it's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. And it's like this whole thing of all this agony and stress and like, you know, them fucking with each other and having this big argument about, you know, what. And then the, we didn't talk about the girlfriend, like it's the ex-girlfriend is like traumatized because she fucked a dead guy for yeah. some like series. of. <laughs> 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 uh, this movie is a little weird because it's like, Kevin Smith has always had a way more woke like you know like he 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 has this sort of like proto-feminist outlook where mm-hmm. he's like, Girls are people too. And I don't understand how to make that happen in the movie. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, he definitely like his relationship to women is very much like, I understand that the way I think about women can be a problem. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. And I think this movie is sort of like the, 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 so the movie ends, uh, like all Kevin Smith movies, where Silent Bob finally said something. And what he says is, you know, lots of girlfriends don't cook you lasagna and bring it to work and hang out with you. Most of them just cheat on you. Yeah. And the point is, is like he's been agonizing about what he could have instead of appreciating what he does have uh, his girlfriend.
2: Yeah. Um, It's the line of like most of them cheat on you where you're like,
0: "Eh." yeah, well, why?
2: Uh, What does that mean, Kevin Smith? You
0: wrote a movie where this girl fucks a random guy in a a bathroom because she's in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) Who's dead. It like doesn't make any sense. It's just like so absurd and surreal that you kind of like you've gotten to this point where the movie is just like. Okay, whatever. I guess that's what happens. Yeah. But it, like, doesn't care that she's, like, basically... It, like, implies that she's traumatized for life and, like, <laughs> spends her days in a mental institution. And, right. like, it's kind of just a joke. Which is, like, it's... It doesn't really work as a joke because it's so weird. Right. Um, it's,
2: like, another thing of, like, Dante could have an improvement in his life but instead has this. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really... She exists. Caitlin exists As something for Dante, right? Yeah, both of them. And so when she fucks the dead guy. Well, Veronica, I think, is more her own character, especially at the end when she breaks up with him. But, like, Caitlin purely exists as a plot element in the life of Dante, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And a sort of aspirational. Like, that's how he thinks of her. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate. I mean, I don't think this. I don't really think it's fair to call this movie. Problematic, right? No, I, I don't I mean, think this is. I think it, he tries really hard as a twenty one year old, yeah, you know, as kid a ch- in the nineties. Literal,
2: yeah, as a child in the nineties with no access to the internet, with no access to any sort of outside of his community, like anything, yeah. <laughs> to 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 have something to say about women that's not complete bullshit.
0: Broads, is like, you know what hey, I mean? Pretty <laughs> all right, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, really. I mean, like he. It's sort of like, why is she even with this guy? Is sort of like. He feels like he's holding her back. Right. And I think that his dilemma is more than just him being a pig or whatever. Yeah. Like, he's sort of, like, pining for a simpler time. And he's viewing Caitlin as this sort of, like, this pork hole into, like, thinking about less. You know right. what I mean? He's like, we were so happy at this time. Like... But it's just because it was high school. He didn't have a right. job, you
2: know. And then, and 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 he gets the opportunity to have it back. Yeah. And and that's kind of like I think that's supposed to represent essentially like that that idea of trying to live out that fantasy. I mean, people do growing it in this up, exact yeah. same way, where they just hook up with somebody from their youth again. Yeah. Which I I've been guilty of. I love done it to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan.
0: <laughs> Big fan of hooking up from people with high, from high school who I didn't get to have sex with in high school. <laughs>
2: Big fan. Um, but it's, I mean, it's essentially this thing that people try to do. And then in this case, it, it comes to its, like, absolute, like, most extreme... Conclusion of that not working, right? Which it's is an absurd that she, thing. I mean, it's it's one tick shy of she just dies. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's a movie, and he's trying yeah. to write something interesting, and he's like, "What if something insane happened?" Because he has this sort of like Blink One Eighty Two sense of humor. Yeah, where it's just like, "Well, how do I make this the stupidest and funniest and most entertaining right. thing I can do?" And it's kind of this shitty joke premise, but it works for me. Like it's sort of like. When I first saw it, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, yeah, that guy. And it like, right in a sort of set him up, knock him down kind of way. It's like, right. It
2: works as comedy writing. Yeah, I think it would be funny, too, if she just had like a brain aneurysm. <laughs> I always yeah. thought that would be really funny if she's just like. She's like, yeah, let's go out and we'll like, you know, we'll like for old time's sake, we'll like go out and, and see a movie and have dinner and like hook up and whatever. And then just like blood shoots out of her <laughs> nose and she just drops dead on the yeah, floor. <laughs> that's
0: a more Joan and Vasquez sort of style. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that this movie really works on that on all of those levels, um, even though it's very silly. Um, and I think it's I think the reason that people don't give it the credit, it deserves is because he kind of so i don't know if you know this but i'm a big defender of chasing amy mm-hmm. um i think it's a very good i think, I think his, it's fantastic i think it's his best movie and i think it deserves the criterion collection it has <laughs> um but he did start making *Jane's Island* bob strike back which is in my opinion mildly funny but a t- stupid, movie. stupid movie. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Sure. And then Jersey Girl, and he wasn't as good as writing about being an adult as he was about being a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I think Clerks 2 kind of works, but I think it's hard to forgive its shortcomings as much as this one cuz he's now an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think as it went on, people were like, "Grow up, Kevin Smith." Yeah. Um and he doesn't want to
2: or commit to not growing up. Right. Because that's kind of what it feels like is he's become in his late career kind of a Dante, where he's kind of like a shit or get off the pot kind of guy, where it's like, you want to grow up, grow up. If you don't, don't. But like, yeah. you got to pick one or the other, man. Right.
0: And I don't know. I haven't seen Tusk. I haven't seen any of sort of the. I movies. saw Red State. It I sucks. really hated Red State. Yeah, it
2: sucks really bad. I was
0: pretty disappointed because it was like such a fun concept and like seemed like he was had an interesting angle on it mm-hmm. and then it just didn't really
2: work i liked to cop out more than people did i don't <laughs> really think it good but I so liked i it. never actually I watched, watched it was that fun.
0: but i haven't watched yoga hosers but honestly i will definitely watch jay and silent bob
2: reboot yeah you've had it on your computer since Shut you started up. this podcast <laughs> i'm going
0: to watch it i watched clerks three too like there's a part of me that really
2: wait they made clerks no it's coming out though oh
0: it's it's a TBA. It's oh. it's it's apparently they're gonna make it, but All they're right. getting very old. Um, and it's interesting because they're still a part of me because I really cared about the first like four movies. Mm-hmm. Like even I really liked Dogma.
2: I, I love Dogma.
0: I think the first five movies are great.
2: I think Dogma actually I like more than Chase Gaming. I think Dogma is kind of the culmination of what he like what he was capable of doing and what he wanted to do kind of met really well in Dogma where like. He's capable of making very funny, stupid movies, and he wanted to make big, epic action stuff because he's a comic book guy, Yeah, and Dogma is kind of like the meeting of those two roads, and it works really, really well.
0: Yeah. I think it worked really really well because it feels like a, something Garth Ennis would have written mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like his idea of like what religion is and how religion would work feels so irreverent but not in a sort of like I'm being
2: edgy yeah because like, he is really religious yeah and he <laughs> he, he loves God that's a it, weird part of this too I, is that Kevin Smith <laughs> is super Catholic
0: <laughs> which is so funny but it's like so endearing to me because he's a real person and yeah. I think I think that we've come to this point where like i said in the beginning people are so cynical Mm -hmm. that any shred of sincerity feels feels like you're supposed to mock it yeah and and i mean i definitely get that because it's reasonable to be untrustworthy of it because our emotions are constantly being manipulated by corporations and advertisements and like i i think it's very useful that we've developed this sort of like cynicism of like fuck you this isn't gonna make me cry you're a fucking corporation yeah yeah but Kevin Smith is a fucking dude. Like he's just a guy. Yeah, he barely has any studio behind him ever. Like he's kickstarting movies now. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's he's living off of the work he did, and he just wants to make movies about his life experience. Yeah, and I think it, you have to meet him at a level of. I know what you're doing is incredibly sincere, and it's not because you're trying to sell me something or exploit me. It's just because you're trying to express yourself. And even if it's dumb, you have to meet him on that level. Yeah. And if you're okay with that, you can really enjoy some of this stuff, especially clerks. Um, but if if you don't, then it's gonna be very silly.
2: Kevin Smith, real ass dude. A real ass dude. Real ass dude of the week. (laughs) That's right, doggy. Uh, and so, that's the generation loss real ass yeah. dude of the week, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Yeah, so you would recommend Clerks? I would recommend Clerks. I would
0: recommend Clerks, I think, to somebody who can meet a movie on that level because mm-hmm. we're so inundated with vines, you know, like yeah. short flicks that are about to like fucking sell you stuff. And I think you have to put yourself in a in a situation where it's like, this is a movie that my friend made. Yeah, and you have to almost give it that sort of uh, that much uh, leeway and be like, look, my friend made this. Right. You know what I mean? And if you if you can give it that, it's super fun. It's a funny movie. And it's about, you know, hating your job.
2: Yeah, I think even your friend's friend. I think if this was like <laughs> just something that somebody sent you on YouTube that like somebody who knows somebody found this. Yeah. I think it's really good. You'd be
0: like, "Oh wow, your friend yeah. made this. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs>
2: this is like pretty sharp." <laughs> yeah.
0: So I recommend it. Uh, check it out if you haven't seen it. If you're, yeah. a, it's funny because people who are like this age now listen to it to, to this show. Right. So there's probably people who
2: haven't, yeah.
0: maybe haven't heard of. Yeah, Clerks. there's Zoomers
2: listening to this probably. Yeah. So
0: so if you're out a, there. if if you're a Zoomer and you want to watch a movie about hating your job,
2: in the nineties. In the
0: nineties watch clerks
2: if you want to watch a movie where nobody's ever on their freaking phone
0: (laughs) i don't like that (laughs) if you want to watch a movie where your brain hasn't been rotted by instagram and twitter the bird app watch this movie (laughs) <laughs> go listen to some real music
2: yeah like, so like the chewbacca what a wookie <laughs> song <laughs> yeah or berserker yeah would you like to making fuck yeah that's gonna be at the end of this Yeah,
0: <laughs> this has been generation lost thank you so much for listening i'm Bryn. that's jeremy if you'd like to hear more of our show bonus episodes where we talk about the news the current events and movies um and really just probably get really annoyingly Mm. into politics of those things. Yeah. and Drunk. (laughs) Yeah. More drunk. If you'd like to hear us more drunk than we are now, (laughs) um, and probably more high, um, go to patreon.com slash generation loss, where we do all those things. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Jen loss pod, uh, follow me at kinematography and Jeremy at Jeremy thunder. Um, if you'd like to help us out even more, go on Apple podcasts and rate us and review us. Uh, really helps people find the show and
2: and it may be relevant now because we've been doing this a little while, but check out Beep Bledis and Ballin' Out Super. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
0: check out our other podcast. Mine is called Beepy Bledis. Beep it's about weed memes and communism. It's mostly just politics at this point, but we do tell jokes. They say uh, weed every so often. We say weed. Um, and then Ballin, and out. Ballin'
2: Out Super is about what if Goku was gay. <laughs>
0: Yes, it is. It's one of the funniest shows that there is. So definitely listen to it. Alex and Katie are great, along with Jeremy. Um, Yeah. So also, if you're listening to the show and you... We've kind of been... This is our side project that we enjoy doing. It's very fun. But it's mostly just kind of so we have an excuse to watch movies and hang out. So if you want anything, like anything (laughs) that you want me to do, like a discord or something if you want anything <laughs> if you want anything because i don't care like yeah, it's weird I won't because
2: won't do anything if you don't ask me that's
0: absolutely true i will not do anything but if yeah you, i be- didn't
2: start a discord for balling out until people like really made me do it right
0: so i'm not we're going to put this show out there's a patreon and that's all we're going to do unless you specifically ask me so
2: so freaking ask so
0: freaking ask you know you don't get anything unless you ask for it yeah
2: just like, <laughs> just like they say in, uh, yeah, Glen Gary, Gary Glen Ross. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard to not say like Glenn Levitt,
0: Glen Levitt, any Glen, Glenn Fittich, Glenn Levitt, any Glen. That's from Slackers, a different movie. <laughs> or no, no, it's Swingers. Excuse me, uh, Swingers, not Slackers. John Favreau. Anyway, anyway, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs>